It's Friday evening, it's five o'clock, and that can only mean one thing. That's right. It is Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Raftery, and of course my more than my ready and able wingman, Brian Colloran, and we'll be taking you through all the sports uh sports of the day. We'll we'll start off on the show. Uh we'll be ta- taking you through all the results from last week's Premier League. Um we'll also be taking you through uh, how we how the predictions went and uh, the reading out the we'll be going to reading out the fixtures from the Premier League for this weekend and uh our predictions. Also, there'll be rugby and uh, much, much more. So stay tuned and many, many interesting interviews. So stay tuned. And uh, I'd like to thank Joe Brambrick for another great show. And of course, Louise McMahon um, for another great Echoes of Aaron. And I, I met her there last with last Saturday in uh, in Roscommon at the Roscommon Christmas Festival. And uh, and uh, yeah, so we, we uh, she, she did a bit of an interview and uh, had that on her show. So thanks very much. It was lovely to to have the interview with you, uh, Louise. So uh, thanks very much for that. And uh, don't forget, there's something for everyone, something to cater for all tastes, uh, sh- shows of um, right across the board for everyone. So uh, why not tune in every day, Monday to Friday, from five, from nine o'clock in the morning, right through till seven. Uh, as I said, there'll be pl- there's plenty of chat and music shows. And of course, every every Friday, there's Friday Sport with myself and, uh, and Brian. And of course... As well as that, uh, GA view every Thursday as well from ten to eleven. So plenty, plenty for people to, uh, plenty for sports fans to go through. So, uh, so thanks very much to everyone, and uh, I'd like to wish, uh, wish yourself, uh, Brian, and your your mum, um, a happy Christmas. Just in case I don't see you beforehand, and uh, all the listeners of uh, of uh, Friday Sports as well uh, to your your family and all that, and. Uh, so yeah, so uh, we start off, I suppose, as we always do with the um, with the results, and we can talk about them. Uh, we can we can go through each result. Uh, Crystal Palace one, Liverpool two. Maybe not as straightforward, maybe as Liverpool would have liked. But then the last couple of times these two sides met, um, maybe you know maybe more was expected of Liverpool, but uh, they always prove a, a sticky team for for Liverpool, don't they? And this this proved no. No better, and uh, they 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 lucky enough got to got got the winner. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting game. Yeah, it was surely. Um, I suppose Palace is the one one of about five or six teams. You don't know what you're going to get with them. Um, they've been under a bad run of form, and you know pressure since you're building on Hutchinson week in week out. And um, yeah, it was unexpected performance from Palace. I suppose the result wasn't expected. It was sort of expected with Liverpool winning, but. Yeah, good performance from Palace. You know, took the lead from a penalty, but uh, you know, a goal from um, Mo Salah, who always seems to deliver from Liverpool. I think that was his hundred and fiftieth Premier League goal. You know, if you would have said that when they bought him back in a few years ago, people would have laughed at you, considering the performance he put in for Chelsea and I suppose Roma to a certain degree. He was better at Roma, obviously, but yeah, the, the numbers he's put up have been phenomenal and. Uh, yeah, just I suppose Liverpool will look back on that result maybe to the end of the year if they come and win the league and say maybe that was the result that uh, that did it for us because you know you don't look back on the games you win four or five mil you look back on the games where you just about scraped through as you know the bit of luck that you needed to get over the line. That's it, and uh, fair fair play. It was it was a tough game, but uh, you know I suppose you could say fair play to Crystal Palace for putting it up to them. But I suppose you know when you when you look at the players they had. And of course, Allison coming back was a was a big plus for them as well. Yeah, exactly. And the, the thing about Palace this year is like when you see them playing like that, 
it's it's kind of a head scratcher of you know the season they're having. Mm. Um, it's just a hard one to figure out. You know, if they got if they had got a point against Liverpool, that would have done their confidence the world of good. But you know, it's another defeat. And um, yeah, on the flip side to Liverpool, you know, having Allison back, uh, he made a few terrific saves, and that just shows, you know how good he is and how valuable he is to Liverpool like Keller came in there and you know one of his performances wasn't great um, and you know he's not playing enough so that's that's I suppose that's a, for another day but um, it just shows Alisson's worth to Liverpool you know he's the difference between them I know Mo Salah gets all the headlines because of his goals and all that but like isn't it what attacks, attacks win your matches and defence wins your titles that's it. And of course, uh, what we must remember too is Robertson, Andy Robertson is still out. So when he comes back, he lad, he probably he's the type that he steadies the ship, he doesn't panic, and he does he does all the right things and he, he just kinda I suppose motivates the team and he, he is uh he he well he's he's a great a real leader on the pitch and I think that's uh, when he comes back it'll steady the ship slightly because uh you know over a number of matches we've come from behind, but I think when he comes back um, you know, we'll 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 be to we'll be to the forefront the forefront really because, um, you know he he's a he's a steady influence there in defence. Yeah, and I suppose one thing you've had with Liverpool down to the years is a solid back four. You know, you have Van Dijk and you have Trent and you have had Robertson left back and probably Matty more so partnering um Van Dijk, but uh Matty picked up a bad injury now and he seems to be out for the rest of the year. So that's one thing Liverpool haven't had in down to the years is you know injuries to their back four, um, which has happened this year, and it's going to be interesting to see now how they bounce back and how they adapt to those injuries because you know the one thing you need in a in a team is a solid back four. That's it. And moving on to the next fixture, this one was uh, uh, one that I I, I kind of I went for a Brighton win was a. I think it's a it's a draw it's a point gained rather than three points lost for Burnley because Brighton are Brighton are a very good side so that that's not a bad result for Burnley given their given their uh, form at the moment. Yeah, exactly. It's a valuable point for Burnley. Um, you know, one they they take a point anywhere to get it, but to get it against um, to get it against Brighton is a is a terrific point. Um, you know, I sound like a broken record week in week out going for Brighton. They're they're the team I always expect to do well, and for this, for some reason, this season they're not just picking up the points. Um, you must, must be a jinx, no. Brian. Yeah, I must be. I'd be saying to get something from the manager, but uh, they, they play fantastic football, you know. And um, but for some reason this week, this year they're not getting the results. Is that to down to playing European football? Have they not got the squad depth? Are they tired? Um, who knows? But uh. Yeah, surprising result that one. That's it. And uh, here, here was an unexpected, even even for a Liverpool fan like myself that would normally go against Man United. But uh, I, I actually went for United in this one, uh, but they lost 3-0 to uh, Bournemouth. Uh, but get, Bournemouth seems to be, uh, you know, they seem to be getting results, draws and maybe the odd win here and there. So uh, they, they are kind of on the comeback, Bournemouth, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. I went for United in this one as well only on the basis that they played so well against Chelsea. Um, but, like, it was an absolutely abysmal performance, you know. It really it could have been 4 or 5 nil. No more than United last week against Chelsea, that could have been 5 or 6. But this week, on the flip side, it easily could have been 
four or five nil to Bournemouth. Uh, um, yeah, it's like when you see the Man United lineup and you see Martial up front, like he's been there for eight years, and it's just mind-boggling that he's been there for eight years, and that's their option to go with up front. But um, I suppose we always focus on when Man United are playing. We always focus on Man United, but I think you know you have to give Bournemouth an awful lot of credit to go to Old Trafford. I know Old Trafford isn't the place it used to be. Uh, teams don't fear as much as they used to, but like Bournemouth to go there and put in the performance they did. Um, you know, Ariola was under pressure at the start of the season, but he seems to get the Bournemouth ticking now. And um, Solanke, who um, you know, there's always been question marks about him as a striker, seems to be hitting a lovely run of form. And you know, when your striker scoring goals and you're down there at the bottom, you don't belong climbing up the table. That's it. But I, I think really, when when you look at United, uh, you know, the regular kind of the average uh, starting eleven for United. Um, you know, they have people up front, but there's no actual recognized striker like, uh, you know, many, many United used, used to have. Um, you know, no, no one that you could say he is a striker. You know, they're either like wingers or players that, you know, maybe midfielders or attacking midfielders that they're trying to convert into uh, into strikers. But it, it just hasn't really worked for them. Uh, they don't have what you call an out and out striker. Sure, they don't in the squad. Like, and and they brought Hoyland. Now I know he's a young player, and he was one minute from Atlanta. And you know I suppose they put a lot of hope in him. But again, he's only a young fella. He's played okayish in the Champions League. You know he's got a few goals in the Champions League, but he still hasn't scored in the Premier League. Mm. And we're thirteen games in, and like if you have a striker that's scoring, you're going to be in trouble. Mm. Um, like, and then you're expecting to get goals from Rashford, Martial. Anthony, are they going to get you 10 goals a season? I can't see it happening. And, you know... Sancho is a, is a huge is a huge loss. And yeah. I know, look, at there's we all know yeah. the issues around that. But, uh, you know, he, he would... And I know it's disciplinary reasons and that's why he's not in it. But if he was in it, he I, I think he would kind of make a difference in in, in some ways. And... Uh, Maybe like maybe they, they might still be kind of losing, but maybe performance wise, he might give them that bit mm-hmm. of a that that bit of something maybe that they're lacking. Would that would you would that be something you'd agree with? Uh, yeah, but that'd be a big if, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I haven't seen Anthony from before the disciplinary reasons. I haven't seen Anthony from him that would make me think otherwise. Only if, and uh, do you know if you're to believe reports? Coming out of the newspapers, that uh, Graham Potter, believe it or not, has been lined up as yeah. a potential potential replacement for Ten Hag. Um, so I don't know, you know, and when rumors like that start, you know, true or not true, when rumors start floating around, it doesn't help um, the team, sure, it doesn't. No, absolutely not, and he, it's it's not good for himself. And you know, he he's going to be under serious pressure, and that result last week against Bournemouth is going to do him no good at all. Because when when you look at the squad, they have good on paper. They have good players, but the thing the thing is, they're just not playing as a unit. They're just not. They're not playing as a team. They're playing as a team of individuals, but that's not that's not the same as playing as a team. Yeah, yeah. And I just saw a clip there during the week of them. I don't know. I think it was going around. I think everyone has seen this of the clip them of them doing a little training session, a drilling training session. And if I saw Balladrine doing it. You question what their efforts are when they're going out playing a match, um, you know, and you know when you start losing, when you start losing the 
confidence when the players start losing the confidence manager you know there's only going to be one winner there and it's always the players mm. but I suppose you, you know that the manager is always an easy target but uh, to be fair the players need to look at themselves as well because they haven't been producing on the field either and I know like from the manager is the man he picks the team and he picks the tactics and this that and the other but they're the ones that are when they're out in the pitch they're the ones in control they're the ones that are performing and uh, they just haven't been they just haven't been uh, they haven't been producing it basically you know uh, but Aiden, if you look back at um, these group of players like they're just throwing manager after manager under the bus like you've gone back you're going to after Ferguson so they're bringing it on throw, themselves basically aren't they really after after um, after Ferguson you know you had David Moyes then you had Mourinho you had Ralph Ranić, you had Solskjaer now you have the current manager, Den Hag, you know, and Ranić and Mourinho have stated that, you know, these players can't be trusted. And maybe it's to do with the culture of the club from the top down that something just isn't working. Like Mourinho, did Mourinho say this? And all he's won in the game that he said, getting that Man United team second in the league is one of his best achievements. Yeah, well, that's, that's it. I mean, years ago, if they finish second, that's... Uh... They'd be expecting to finish fourth, first years ago, but yeah. just goes to show you how things have changed in the club. Uh, maybe like on the t- team wise and culturally, I suppose, like you said. But uh, I suppose moving on then to Sheffield to uh, the next game, Sheffield United won, Brentford won. Um, this was kind of one I think I went for for Brentford on this, but uh, you know, it, are Sheffield United starting to gather momentum now and maybe? You know, but I suppose we you'd have to kind of look at their upcoming results, and you know, it, it's as as we said la- on last week's show, uh, Christmas is a key time for for all the teams in the Premier League. Yeah, as we said before, Sheffield United. You know, it's amazing what a new manager can do. You know, you have the same group of players, a new manager comes in, it just gives the whole team a lift. And now they didn't get the win, but you know. I suppose before the new manager came in, I even would have predicted um, Brentford to win this game, win an easy. I went for a draw in this game. And, uh, you know, maybe he's just, it was a good point for them, point they badly needed. And uh, I wouldn't like to be getting Sheffield United now. With the, that'll give them a bit of confidence um, at a point they definitely needed. But, you know, Brentford are a tricky one as well. They're like a bit like Brighton, you know, you kind of, with the few seasons they've had, you expect them to be getting results week in, week out. And, uh, you know, they're in a bad run of form. I think they've only had one win in four games, and that was against Luton. Yeah, that's it. And we all know uh, what a tricky side they are at home. Recently, yeah, exactly, yeah. they're home for. And uh, here's an interesting one. A point gained rather than a point lost, like I said, like the, like the first one there. Uh, Wolves won, Knott's Forest won. That's a precious point for them, but um, I, I think, you know, Knott's Forest need to be getting wins, but points are better than nothing, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. As we said last week, show that um, if Steve Cooper lost this game, his, his job was going to, he was going to be sacked, but uh, they got the point, and uh, apparently the Knott's Forest fans were singing his name with the full 90 minutes, so you'd be wondering if he loses the next game and he's sacked, is that going to cause a lot of trouble? Because the fans down there seem to love him, but um, it is a good point to uh, Wolves because Wolves have been impressive this season. You know they haven't got, you know, a few varied seasons have gone their way, and I, I think I think personally they should be higher up the table than they are. Um, 
So yeah, that was a good point. It was a hard game to call, to be honest with you. Like most of the games this year in the Premier League. I think more so in in the last. I kind of, I think since the international break, it's been very. There's been a lot of strange results for some reason, and uh, I think there could be stranger results because uh, the strength and depths of a lot a lot of these clubs are going to be tested over the Christmas period because there's an a, an awful lot more games now to be to be played, uh, you know, in 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 December than would normally be played in an average month. So, um, it, it's a balancing act between kind of. You know, play giving giving lads rest, certain players rest, and other players game time, and who who do you play in what game, and and things like that. It ha- this is, you know, managers have to kind of handle the players very carefully, as as it, you know when they're picking their when they're picking their starting eleven. Yeah, exactly. And you have, like you have European games, and then you have international breaks. Like the seven teams from England in Europe, like that's mm. you know nearly uh, one third of the Premier League. Yeah, that's it, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting Christmas period as well. And uh, another team that's in Europe, well, two teams that's in, that's in Europe. Um, Aston Villa won Arsenal nil. Now, given given the the form of Arsenal, I mean, they were until last week or the week before on top of the league. But uh, Aston Villa are really proven to be the powerhouse. And look, you know, you know, on, on their on Villa's current form, you you think, and I know it's a, it's a good bit off yet. But you know, on the on this form, they deserve uh, European uh, Ch- Champions League, uh, Champions League spot. Now we know they're in Europe; they're in the Conference League. But uh, you know, play, playing in uh, playing in in Europe doesn't seem to be doing them any harm. They're playing they're playing very well at the moment domestically. Yeah, no, another brilliant result from Emery Aston Villa to you know to cap off a great week. If you know if you'd said at the start of the week, you know you're playing Man City and you're playing Aston, are you playing Man City? You're playing Arsenal. Uh, if you took maybe four points in them games, it'd be a great week. But you know, to take six points in them games and you know, two incredible performances. Um, their goals at the start. Of, I don't know what Aston Villa's goals were at the start of the season, but they've definitely shifted now to minimum, absolute minimum of Champions League football. And they have to be as the weeks go on. They have to be um considered title challengers. You know, their home form is just outstanding. I think that's 16, 16 wins in a row. Um, and like they have, you know, they have excellent players. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they've that one standout player, which makes their performances so much more brilliant. Like you know, yeah. they're just a well-oiled team that everyone knows their role. Um, they've got a terrific goal scorer, like John McGinn performance this season. You know the way John McGinn is playing now, I think he'd get into any team in the Premier League. That's it. And uh, moving on to another team now that's starting to get up the point, get starting to get wins on the trot now. That's Everton. Everton win the beat beat uh, Chelsea two nil. Um, a great win for them, and uh, they're they're pulling away from the 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 old relegation zone. There, uh, you know, if they keep playing like this, you know, they're 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 grinding out wins. They're doing well at the moment, but they they still have to get um. They still have to be doing this consistently to kind of get safe and say, right now, you know, we're well. You can never say we're sufficient points ahead. Now we, we won't get relegated because anything can happen. Injuries or you know international breaks and things like that, uh, coming back and injuries and suspensions and things like that. But you know, if they keep playing like this, they're sure they're surely to God they're they're going to be safe. Oh yeah, I think you know from their last two games, I think they're definitely safe enough regardless of the ten point deduction and. You know that's going into appeal, so maybe they might it might be only a five point 
deduction. But, you know, I think Sean Dyche, Sean Dyche was just the perfect manager that Everton needed at the time because, you know, they had Carlo Ancelotti before and they had uh, Frank Lampard who had a different style of football. But Everton just needed to be solid at the back and be hard beat. And I think he's done exactly that. And, um, yeah, they'll be fine this year. Um, I predicted this result. I um, I knew, well, Chelsea wouldn't beat Everton because, you know, Chelsea can't play against a team like Everton, you know, a team that defends deep. Um, you know, they, they'd catch Chelsea on the break. You know, Chelsea are just so easy to play against this, this year. It's unbelievable. You know, you've spent a billion pounds and, you know, your attacking options are Jackson and Broja. You, you know, you're going to be in serious trouble, but that's not to take anything away from how good Everton were. That's it, and uh, fair play, fair play to them. You know, it, it's uh, you, you know, it was looking certain relegation there, and even with uh, as you said, you know, even with the ten point uh, deduction there, it seems like maybe that was the maybe that was the kick it the kick that they needed to kind of kick their season exactly. into action, albeit like nearly halfway through the season, but better late than never. Uh, moving on to yeah. another surprise result there, Fulham five, West Ham nil. Now this is a game you you, you would have expected to. West Ham, given their their current form, to win, but uh, you know the 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 Fulham seem to be hitting form coming into the into um in coming into the Christmas break as well. Yeah, I went for I went for West Ham in this game, and I think most people went for West Ham in this game. But you know, two weekends in a row, Fulham have won five nil. Um, thir- they've scored thirteen goals in the last three games, which you know, not the wildest person would have. Predicted that, but and he was under he was under pressure a few weeks ago, um. But he's turned things around and he's got Jimenez score now. Who's taken over from uh, Mitrovic? You know, everyone's worried from Mitrovic left. Where were they going to get their goals from? And Jimenez had struggled at the start of the season. You know, it's always difficult going to a new club. You know, as a striker, when you don't score in your first few games, the pressure starts building on you. But you know, after come back from that horrific head injury that he had, he's got against um, Wolves. He seems to have settled down now and getting a few goals. But, you know, the thing for um, Fulham is they're getting goals all over the pitch, you know, and they're not just relying on um, uh, Jimenez. You know, they're getting goals from midfield and, uh, yeah, fantastic results that no one saw coming. I suppose on the, yeah. side, on the flip side for West Ham, you know, an awful day. Um, and, you know, Moyes just, he's the type of manager, even though they're doing well, you know, he's the type of manager that, that he's always seems to be like one game away from an under pressure. Yeah, maybe he likes that way. <laughs> he likes yeah. living on the edge, I think. Um, yeah. but moving on then to Luton Town one, uh, Man City two. Now, yeah, it, but it looks like it would suggest, and we all know, like I said, how uh, how good Luton are at home. Not as easy, not as easy as uh, Man City. Um, might as well they didn't think it was going to be easy, but. Uh, not as easy that as for them as you'd expect, but we we have said that Luton Luton are dangerous at home and they're a very hard uh, they're a very hard team to break down. And then you have you also have a Benny up front who's really in form as well. Yeah, exactly. Like when 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 the three teams got promoted, I thought everyone thought uh, that Luton would be the one team that everyone would pick points off and probably had them in the bracket of getting the lowest points total. But you know they proved everyone wrong. Uh, they're very hard beaten. You know. I think they've only lost on more than I think only twice they've lost by more than two goals, which just goes to show how hard they are to beat, you know, the tight pitch and it disrupted City's style of play and you know, it just goes to show 
City without Haaland are a completely different animal. Yeah. You know, they you can you can beat them without Haaland. I know they're missing Haaland and De Bruyne. Like that's you know, you're taking out two absolute world class players out of a team. And no matter how good City are, when you take out two players like that, you're going to struggle. That's it. And I mean, even when you consider the strength and depth that City have, maybe compared to Luton Town, um, it's the it just goes to show you when they're missing two players, even with the strength and depth, it shows that they're yeah. they're they're they're, uh, they're they're just like any other team when when they, when they have injuries as well. And finally, uh, a convincing win for Spurs for for Spurs for Newcastle one. Maybe this this I think I went for a for a draw on this one because this I, this one now I thought would have been a, a tighter game, but yeah, it, it's a it's a win Spurs really needed. Yeah, they did. Um... It was win past Coventry, you know, after his great start to the season. I think he'd gone four games without a win, maybe four losses. But, uh, yeah, I watched that game. Jeez, they were absolutely terrific, you know. Everything that they everything they tried clicked. And, uh, you know, the style of football he plays is this all-out attack in football. He is this full-backs, you know, Pedro Paro, who was, I think he was bought last year, was struggling. But he seems like a totally new player under Postacoglu. And, yeah, they're just... Their running and their stamina is just mind-boggling. Um, and, you know, they just throw Newcastle apart, which not many teams have done this year. That's it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how those two teams, are. as I say, Newcastle are, are kind of on a bit of a dip. Uh, you know, considering their 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 good form and the players that they have, and uh, moving on to predictions now at the moment, and uh, uh, for so for, for after after last weekend's results, I got three out of ten. Dara got three out of ten. Emer got four out of ten. Uh, Martin got three out of ten. Noel got one out of ten. Eugene got three out of ten. Um, Brian got you. You got four out of ten, and your mum got three out of ten. Uh, season results. Uh, I'm on three. Martin's on seven. That's between myself and Martin. Uh, and then one. Aiden one. Amor six. Uh, Dara four. Martin four. Martin four. Uh, Noel four. Mary four. Brian four. And Eugene one. And then if Martin's worked in, Amor eight. Um, Dara seven and Martin seven. And there the um. The Mar- I just I just read out the uh, the the fixtures for this weekend. Notts Forest take on uh, Spurs. Um, Bournemouth take on uh, Luton Town. Chelsea take on Sheffield United. Um, Man City take on Crystal Palace. Newcastle take on uh, Fulham. Burnley take on Everton. And on Sunday then Arsenal take on Brighton, Brentford, and Villa. Uh, West Ham versus Wolves and. The, the I think a lot of people would are, are looking forward to this one, um Liverpool versus Man United and that's in Anfield so that's going to be some game and of course then Thursday's fixture then uh, is going to be uh, Crystal Palace versus Brighton so the predictions at the moment are my uh, I'll I'll go through my ones uh, later on we'll just go through the other ones and uh, so Dara's Dara didn't send in his um so Emer's predictions are um. Not Spurs versus Spurs. She went for Spurs. And uh, then that's on Friday night. On Saturday then, Bournemouth versus Luton Town. She went for uh, Bournemouth. Chelsea versus she- Sheffield United. She went for Chelsea. Uh, Man City versus Crystal Palace went for went for Man City. Uh, Man or Newcastle versus Fulham went for a draw. Burnley versus Everton went for Everton. And on Sun- Sunday's game, 
Then uh, Arsenal versus uh, Brighton went for Arsenal. Brentford versus Aston Villa went for uh for, went for Villa. Uh, West Ham versus Wolves went for went for a draw. Liverpool versus Man Man United went for uh, a Liverpool win. And then on uh, Thursday's game, then Crystal Palace versus Brighton went for Brighton. Uh, Martin's was Martin's uh, predictions are Notts Forest versus Tottenham went for a draw. Jenny, that's a brave, that's a brave one. Uh, then on Saturday, then Bournemouth versus Luton went for Bournemouth. Chelsea versus uh, Sheffield United went for a draw. Man City versus uh, Palace went for Man City. Newcastle versus Fulham went for Fulham. And uh, Burnley versus uh, Everton went for a draw. Sunday's matches then. Um, Arsenal versus Brighton uh, went for that. That was a draw. Uh, Brentford versus uh, Villa went for Brentford. West Ham versus Wolves went for West Ham. Liverpool versus United went for Liverpool. And uh, a draw then for um, Palace versus Brighton. Noel went for um, not Forest versus Spurs went for Spurs. And Saturday's games, uh, Bournemouth versus uh, Luton went for Bournemouth. Chelsea versus Sheffield United went for Chelsea. Man City versus Crystal Palace went for Man City. Newcastle versus Fulham went for went for Newcastle. Burnley versus Everton went for uh, Everton, and uh, Arsenal versus Brighton went for uh, Arsenal. Brentford versus Villa went for Villa. Uh, West Ham versus Wolves went for West Ham, and uh, Liverpool versus Manchester United went for Liverpool, and uh, Brighton ver- uh, Palace versus Brighton went for Brighton. Uh, Eugene then went for uh, Notts Forest versus Spurs went for Spurs. Uh, Bournemouth versus uh, Luton went for Bournemouth. Chelsea versus Sheffield United went for Chelsea. Man City versus Crystal Palace went for Man City. Newcastle versus Fulham went for Newcastle. Burnley versus Everton went for Everton. And on Sunday Sunday's games, then Arsenal versus Brighton went for Arsenal. Brentford versus Villa went for Villa. Um, West Ham versus Wolves went for a draw and Liverpool versus Manchester Man United went for a draw and Brighton to beat uh, Crystal Palace. So uh, if you want to read out your mums and uh, your yours and your you want to read out your mums um yeah your mums results there or your mums predictions there and then I'll go through we'll go through each other's uh, each other's predictions then. Yeah and not Spurs v Spurs uh, she went for Spurs Bournemouth v Luton uh, a draw Chelsea v Sheffield United, a draw. Man City v Crystal Palace, Man City, Newcastle v Fulham, Newcastle, Burnley v Everton, a draw. Arsenal v Brighton, Arsenal. Uh, Brentford v Aston Villa, Aston Villa. West Ham v Wolves, West Ham. Liverpool v Man United, uh, Liverpool. And Crystal Palace v Brighton, uh, Brighton. And now for my own, I went for... Excuse me, Nats Forest v Spurs. I went for Spurs. Uh, Bournemouth v Luton, a draw. Chelsea v Sheffield United, a draw. Uh, Man City v Crystal Palace, Man City. Newcastle v Fulham, Newcastle. Um, Burnley v Everton, a draw. Arsenal v Brighton, uh, a draw. Brentford v Aston Villa, Aston Villa. West Ham v Wolves, West Ham. Liverpool, Man United, Liverpool, and Crystal Palace and Brighton. Uh, uh, Brighton. 
And uh, my results, uh, my my predictions for for this weekend are uh, not Spurs versus Spurs. I went for Spurs. Um, Bournemouth versus Luton. I went for Luton. Chelsea versus Sheffield United. I went for Chelsea. Uh, Man City versus Crystal Palace. I went for Man City. Newcastle Fulham. I went for Newcastle. Burnley versus Everton. I went for Everton. Um, Arsenal versus Brighton. I went for a draw. Uh, Brentford versus Villa. I went for Villa. Uh, West Ham versus uh, West Ham versus Wolves. I went for a draw. And Liverpool versus Manchester United. I went for a draw. And for Palace versus uh, Palace versus Brighton. I went for uh, for Brighton. So there are predictions. I'll be back. Be back in one minute. Yeah, so I suppose Brian, um, we we'll go on to the reasons why you and me, uh, we we discuss each one, and uh, I'll say why I went for for um my prediction, and you say what you went for your prediction. Some uh, some very interesting predictions there, Brian. I'm sure sure you'll agree. Some very interesting games as well. I suppose the most interesting one, um, we we'll be going on to is the uh, the game between Man United uh, between Liverpool and Man United. But uh, we'll go through each game game by game. And uh, the first one was uh, Nottingham Forest. This is uh, a game on tonight, and um, yeah, I suppose I went for I went for Spurs because I I know they they went through a little bit of a lull, um, you know, in recent times. But um, you know, maybe I suppose a lot of people might have thought that maybe Nottingham Forest would have been able to do something. But you know, when you see the squad and the, and the team that Spurs had, it was very hard for them to see uh, to to see not Forest getting a win this one. Yeah, I think, you know, Spurs haven't turned the corner. I know it was just one result, but, you know, the way they played against Newcastle was so impressive. And, you know, the form and the Forest have been under. I know they got a point in the last game, but um, can't see Anthony here, only a Spurs win, to be honest. And, you know, Richardson getting a couple of goals the last night, um, he's badly needed them, you know. Yeah, I suppose he's the nearly guy for Spurs, but, you know, the two goals he got will do him no, will do him the world of good. And, well, um, he's been playing. Yeah. He's been playing well for for Spurs as well since he left Everton. Yeah, he hasn't played too bad, but I think um, you know, he's always going to be judged on goals, and you mm. know, he hasn't got a great amount of goals. But uh, you know, if he starts hitting the back of the net, he could even get a a tenth of what Harry Kane got. You know, he'd be doing well, like just what they needed. That's it. And uh, moving on then to Saturday's games, Bournemouth versus Luton Town. I went for Luton Town, and I know. In this one, Luton, uh, Luton are away, and uh, Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth uh, have been doing well. I mean, they 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 won three 0 in their last game, but there's just something about this Luton Town team. You never know what they're going to bring to the table, and uh, you know, I think this is an even one because both teams are going through a bit of a purple patch at the moment. Yeah, I went for a draw in this game myself. You know, Luton, as we've seen before, very hard to very hard to beat. You know, they're only beaten by the odd goal. Every time, um, and as we said, you know, Bournemouth, um, have just clicked at the moment. Um, but for some reason, I just think Luton might sneak a draw in this game, and Luton will see this as a, as a game they could easily win. But yeah, uh, yeah just going to draw on this one. That's it, and it's going to be an interesting one at that end of the table. And uh, for Chelsea versus Man, for Chelsea versus Sheffield United, I went for uh, a Chelsea win. Um, I think this. I know, even though you could say that Sheffield United are getting results here and there, kind of, 
But are they consistent enough? So I just feel that uh, Chelsea might ha- should have enough in the tank to win this game. Yeah, you're falling into the trap that I fell into for a few weeks, but I've learned my lesson. Yeah. Stop going for Chelsea against teams like this, you know. It's just yeah. for some reason, for some reason, I don't know what they're doing in training, but they just cannot play against a team that defends deep. And as I said just a few minutes ago, with new uh, Sheffield United getting the new manager bounce and at home, it's just going to be very tricky out for Chelsea. And you know, it's a game that Chelsea really need to win. Especially um, at home, the pressure will be on them, and because uh, Sheffield, I mean, uh, Stamford Bridge used to be well, it's not the fortress it used to be, but um, you know, usually at home, the fans will be expected more in Stamford Bridge. Yeah, but I think the fan, you know, going away from home now. I think Chelsea, um, if they don't win this game, which I, I personally can't see them win it, um, the pressure is just going to mount on Pochettino, and I know. The owners say they're not going to switch a manager and they said the exact same thing about Graham Potter. You know, they right till the very last day, they said they were sticking with them, but eventually something's going to have to give. And I just, the only thing going for Chelsea, which I could see them getting a win is they're welcoming back in Cuckoo, you know, who's a big yeah. money signing um, centre forward. And, you know, he'd be a great addition to come back. He'd, he'd, there's no way he'd get the full 90 minutes, but if they can get 45 to 60 minutes out of him, um, maybe they have a chance. But uh, just the way Chelsea have been playing lately, uh, yeah, draw. Do you think that maybe to to an extent that maybe they made a mistake selling Mason Mount? Do you think he he would have been able to do something in this current Chelsea team? Um, you know, he's not even yeah. his game at Man United. So I think maybe if he was at Chelsea, he, he might have been, he might have maybe... Maybe Chelsea would be a better suit, and he'd be at least he'd be probably getting his game at man at uh, Chelsea, and he he'd uh, be able to get more chances and probably play better for Chelsea because he's been with Chelsea all along. Yeah, yeah. The Mason Mount was at Chelsea is different to the Mason Mount was at Man United, but yeah, you know, it, it, who do you believe? Who do you believe? Do you believe Mason Mount or do you believe the people who are offering the contract? Um, by all accounts. From what I know about it is that he always kind of wanted to move away. That he was saying he wasn't been offered the right amount of money. Um, by all accounts, I heard that he was been offered exactly what he wanted, and you know, it was just he just seemed to want away. Well, I suppose to a certain extent, with with that in mind, I mean, given now that he's a, he's at Man United, and I'm not having a job at Man United, but uh, do you think that he he maybe regrets that now? Given that it's maybe I suppose when he went to Manchester United, he thought he was going to get. Uh, more football, more more, uh, more minutes than than he has actually got because I don't think he has got he has got many minutes at Man United. So, uh, you, you know, I, I don't know is he even making the is he even making the match day squad as in you know even making the bench. Yeah, I think he'll. Yeah, when of course when you're not playing when you're not playing week in week out, you're always going to regret your move. But I suppose if you just have to look at your bank balance, and soon put a smile on your face again. Well, I suppose you see the thing about it is a player is an asset, and uh, you know if if you're playing every every company wants to sponsor you, and when you're not playing, well, you know you know companies aren't aren't getting their value for money. Um, you, you know obviously they, they get sponsorship deals and this that and other. So you know for if they're not getting game time, then that, that can affect that 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 that's an angle that can affect their bank balance as well. I'm sure Mason Mount would have thought. It would have gone much better than this than the way it's going, but yeah. you know, um, he is, you know, he is 
a very good player. You know, I've watched him for a few years now at Chelsea and yeah, there is a very good player in there. Maybe he's just not suited to the way Ten Hag plays football at the moment. But, you know, if a different manager comes in, you could see a different Mason Mount. That's it. And uh, like, do you think would he do if he if he was back at Chelsea, he he could do something for he could do something for this current Chelsea team because, you know, as you said there yourself on on many on many Fridays on, on the show, they're just not producing it at a time. So, oh, hundred percent, Jack. Because Mason Mount was the one player, like would say Conor Gallagher is the one player that stand up for Chelsea this year. For the two previous years, Mason Mount was the one stand up player that Chelsea had. Mm. So, like, I mean, you'd nearly say, right, if he could make a difference, he's worth giving a bit extra money to if he can, when you see what he can, what he can bring to the team. But look, that's that, that's between him and the, and Chelsea, I suppose. Uh, moving on to the next game then is uh, Man City versus Crystal Palace. I know Man City now they're fourth. They've lost, they haven't done well in the last four or five games. Uh, but I look and I, Crystal Palace did well against Liverpool, but, uh, you know, it is very hard to see past Chelsea, past Man City in this one. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Haaland makes the squad or makes the the match day eleven. Um, but yeah, I can't see City struggling two weekends in a row against you know lower teams. Um, this might be the game where City open up. Um, but then again, that all depends on if Haaland is going to be playing or not. Um, if he is, you can't see but a comfortable win for Man City. If he isn't. You know, it's up to the other players from Man City to step up. You're like, you know, your Dakus, your Grealishes, your Alvarez. Um, you know, that's a good chance for Alvarez. He's he's always kind of the, you know, the bridesmaid for Haaland, which you know, there's no there's no harm in that because Haaland is you know getting thirty goals a season. But you know, it's a chance for him to step up and show that he can be the main striker. And uh, moving on then to uh, Newcastle United versus Fulham. I know in re- in re- the recent couple of games, Newcastle maybe have had a ro- have have hit a rocky sp- a patch, but uh, you know, and Fulham are going to be tricky at the moment because, they, as you said, uh, you know, in uh, earlier on, um, you know, Fulham have gone two games where they've scored five goals in each game, so they're they're going to be tough. But uh, you know, this could be a game where where uh, Newcastle can get back up on the horse again. Yeah, I've gone for Newcastle in this game, but, you know, just about. And, you know, Newcastle will be very, very disappointed with the last night's results in the Champions League. You know, at one stage, it looks like they were going through. And then within 10 minutes, they're out of Europe. Didn't even get into the Europa League. And, you know, the new owners coming into Newcastle, you know, they're very ambitious people. Um, Are they going to settle for Newcastle not getting into the Champions League? Um. And a few losses, you know, Eddie Howe is going to come under pressure no matter how good he has been. You know, they have they have big ambitions for Newcastle. So, a defeat to Fulham and uh, things might start turning in Newcastle. But I've just gone for Newcastle to get a victory because for some reason, I cannot see Fulham keep producing these results. Yeah, because I suppose only- if, if you look at Newcastle, you know, and to, to be fair to the owners, when when you consider the amount of money they have put in, and not every money, not every club would plough in the amount of money that maybe you know the, their new owners have put into them. I know you could say you could argue, yeah, and it's a fair enough point, Man City and all that. But I mean, this is a this is a new thing for a Man City where they have money on demand and they can buy. They're in a better position. They're playing Europe as well. 
Um, you know, so I suppose when you consider um, that uh, the amount the the amount of investment that they've uh, that the new owners have put into the squad, um, I suppose to a certain extent you can blame them for wanting to to get a return on that. But this is a this is a very good uh, Newcastle squad, and uh, you know, I, I think it, that form wouldn't last too long, and maybe this is the point for them to 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 kind of get back up and and start getting wins again. Exactly, and the one thing that. You know, the disadvantage for Newcastle is, you know, their big signing, Tanioli, um, you know, getting the eight, I think it was eight, nine, nine month ban for, you know, betting. So, you know, they couldn't have foresaw that. And, you know, they're hamstrung with injuries. Well, I think they have 10 players out injured at the moment, which is massive for a squad like Newcastle. Yeah. That's it. And moving on then, Burnley, Burnley versus Everton. I went for Everton on this one. Justifiably so when you think that, uh, you know, they're, they're starting to turn the corner, uh, that they are getting the results. Uh, despite like like what we said, um, you know the ten point deduction. Uh, that they 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 have, they've stopped feeling sorry for themselves. They're getting down. They're they're knuckling down now and starting to get the results. And look, and even though I'm a Liverpool fan, you have to give them credit where it's it's due. It's not easy when you're in the predicament that they were in with the points deduction and all that. So to come out fighting, it's it it takes a certain amount of strength. And I suppose that that comes from Daesh as well. I suppose. Yeah, the, you know, they've dusted themselves down, yeah. Yeah, he's a manager, I suppose. He likes to be backed into a corner. And uh, like Everton, he's come out fighting. And, um, you know, they have a few very good players. You know, Decore is producing week in, week out. Uh, Onana is doing very well for them. And, uh, you know, James Garner, um, I think he was signed from United. I could be wrong there, but I think uh, he's been excellent for them. Um so yeah, I just think they're playing very good football at the moment, and you know, defensively they're they're solid. And uh, yeah, I'd say too much for Burnley this weekend. And moving on to Sunday's uh, Sunday's fixtures, uh, Arsenal versus Brighton. I went for uh, a draw there. I think uh, given how uh, Arsenal got on last weekend, and you know the potential for this Brighton squad, I think this is uh, it, it's it's very close to call. I mean, I know look at a lot of people would fancy Arsenal because this. Uh, they might see this as a chance to get a win, but uh, look, I think a point for either side wouldn't be a, wouldn't be. I don't think either uh, point either side would uh, complain a point about a point. Um, but even though Arsenal Arsenal need a need three points, maybe more than Brighton, but uh, ideally both teams would want to be. But uh, you know, a point each wouldn't be a bad result either. No, yeah, I think Arsenal definitely need to win more than more than Brighton. You know, if they're to push mm-hmm. on for the title this year, um. You know, they haven't been as good as, in my opinion, they haven't been as good, even though they're up to the top. They haven't been as good as they have been last season. They're just, you know, they're not getting the amount of goals that they got. You know, Jesus isn't getting many goals. Martinelli, I think, is three or four goals. Saka was sort of carrying the team last year. His goals have dried up. Um, the goalkeeper situation as well. Um, wouldn't, yeah. He was a bit dodgy. Garrett, you know, but I think the one thing that stands out with Arsenal this year... Um, and it was so necessary is the goalkeeping situation. Yeah. You know, Arteta had ran the gel there and he's backed himself into the corner and buying a player, in, well, in my opinion, he didn't need to buy uh, Javariah. And just every week the games go on, he just seems to be under more pressure. And, you know, he he's the type of manager now, I said, he doesn't want to be seen to be having to... That he's made the mistake, you know, he doesn't want to have to go back to Ramsey, even though he plays Ramsey in midweek in the European games. When the Premier League, he always goes for Raya. And I, he tries to be the person that doesn't want to um, let on that he's made a mistake and he's going to stick well, with Raya. Would it be better and, to um, 
Would it not be better to kind of admit the mistake, fix it, bring back Ramsdale, rather than sticking with Raya and and dropping down, drop down, drop, possibly drop down the table because of it? I don't think he strikes me as that type of guy. I think he's he's um yeah, I think he's going sticking with Raya. But you know we've said this many times um on the program before. Every manager seems to be hell bent on playing out from the back now. Yeah. You know, if you look back on previous world class goalies, Peter Cech's your Peter Cech, Peter Schmeichels, David Seamans, you know, none of them were known for playing the ball with their feet. They were all known for just being fantastic shot stoppers and being the best goalkeepers in the world. Alison would be modern... an example there. He's um so some some former goalkeepers might say the same about Alison. He mightn't be Fantastic with his feet, but he's he's good under the high ball and he's a good shot stopper. So yeah, that that tends to be. But I think more so nowadays, though, that seems to be the thing. You have to be uh, good with your feet and a good shot stopper nowadays. The 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 um the goalkeeping position seems to be uh, evolving now in in the professional game. Yeah, but exactly, it's a perfect example there to bring up Allison, who's not even one bit known. Probably wouldn't even make the top ten goalkeepers in the Premier League for playing out from the back but he as goalkeepers go in the Premier League he is streets ahead of everyone else mm. as a shot stopper yeah. he, he would make any team of the world he's the best goalkeeper in my opinion in the Premier League and he can't play with this well he's not really great with his feet but I'd have him in any team of the world that's it I'm moving on to Brentford Brentford versus Villa I went for Brentford or uh, for Villa purely on look how could you go against them I mean their form when you look at their form and re- recent games, you know they have been doing really well. It's it's uh, and I know it's a, an away game, but uh, you know they have they're ser- they're a serious side and uh, you know a, a handful for any team. Yeah, they're as we said there earlier on, like the Villa aren't just competing for Europe now; they're competing for the Premier League. Um, they rightfully so going to every game as favourites now. Um, they're just a different Aston Villa than we've seen for previous years. You know. Emery coming in there, taking over from Steven Gerrard. Virtually the same group of players, but, you know, you can't be just in awe of the job he's done. And, um, yeah, Villa to win this game. But, you know, we've seen Brentford's been a plucky side. You know, they're not easy beat, um, especially at home. You know, they have, they have very good players. And this could be, you know, this could be a test for Villa. You know, I know everyone has been in all of their performances against Man City and against Arsenal, but it's much easier to get your game up for Arsenal and Man City than it is to get your game up for Brentford. So this will be the real uh, test for Villa to see exactly where they are and if they're title contenders. That's it. And moving on then to West Ham versus Wolves. I went for a, I went for a draw on this one. I think the, to assert, uh, I, uh, normally I would have probably went for West Ham in this, but... Uh, you know, kind of when you when you look at when you look at both teams, they're kind of evenly matched in a lot of ways. But I I just went for a draw on that one. Well, I went for West Ham, but you know, my had my time back now. I'd probably go for a draw, but you know, it'd be interesting how they respond after that five nil five nil defeat last week. Unexpected five nil defeat, um, and they're playing in the Europa League tonight. Now I'm not sure how they're getting on, but. Uh, yeah, again, West Ham, you know, they're, you know, they're hit and miss. When they're good, they're good. And when they're bad, they're bad. That's it. And uh, moving on then to uh, Liverpool versus uh, Man United. Look, Liverpool and Anfield, they're, they're, they're a tough side to beat. Uh, I went for Liverpool. Um, probably a convincing win, but... Um, I suppose like a lot of people when they're when they're assessing this game, they'll turn around and say, Yeah, but look at the amount of games 
where Liverpool were behind, they came from behind to win games. But like in that, and you know, to a certain extent, that's correct. But it also shows uh, the resilience that you need if you're going to be contending for if you're if you're if you're serious about winning the league. You know, it, it's uh, having the ability to dig out results is key, and they're showing that maybe last season maybe they wouldn't be doing it. Uh, but they seem to be have that extra thing about them that you know they don't panic when they go behind. They they just uh, they trust the process, and uh, you know they and they do they get they get their goals <laughs> late in games. But uh, you know it's it, it's it's more about it's more about the result and getting the win. Uh, more so than the the performance. Yeah. Well, the performance is uh is, is will, will be nice as well. But uh, so long as they're getting the with the win, that's the main thing. And I think you know, given given this, and I know Man United, um, always raised their game against Liverpool. But look at these two sides met last year, and uh, Liverpool won seven nil. And I think with with the with the back line at the moment with Manchester United, yeah, you have to say they are they are in disarray. And like we said earlier on in the program. They don't have what you would call a recognised striker. Maybe Rashford was, but he's kind of out of form. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Liverpool going to this game full of confidence. You know, um, you know, a heavy defeat here for Ten Hag. You know, could it be the end? Um, maybe, maybe not. But uh, yeah, you know, Liverpool's game last weekend against Crystal Palace. Uh, three points is three points, no matter if you beat a team six nil or two one. Um. Yeah, but I can't see anything else firing a, a Liverpool win here. And I'd say at that stage, a comfortable Liverpool win. Man United, you know, that performance they had against Chelsea, um, you know, as good as United were, Chelsea were very bad. Mm. And I, as the season has played out, I think that's been, a, you know, United just haven't been great, even though they were the form team in the Premier League they were up until last week. They'd, you know, they beaten all the teams they were expected to beat. But, um, you know, they're not in a great place when you look at their back four. You know, Harry Maguire, Johnny Evans came on, um, Diogo Dallo, um, Reggian. You know, them that's that's a back four that you'd expect to see on the lower end of the Premier League, if not the championship. That's it. And uh, finally then for Thursday then, uh Crystal Palace for for uh Crystal Palace versus Brighton went for Brighton, I think they've that this is a team with a lot of potential. Even though Crystal Palace did give Liverpool uh, a, a good game last weekend, I think Brighton would have enough about them. Uh, I think playing in uh, playing in the uh, European games would probably sharpen their uh, sharpen their skills up as well. Maybe you know it's a bit faster maybe in Europe and things like that. So maybe I think that's that's kind of benefiting them. I know maybe you know. Logistically, it's it's probably tiring them out, but uh, they're gaining in other ways. So I, I think um you know they they'll be uh, even though it's away, I think I go for I'm going for a Brighton win. Yeah, I would be the same as that. Only for Um, you know, um, Crystal Palace lose the weekend. Maybe Hodgson might be in a job, might have a new manager, but um, on current, if we're to go on current form, yeah, I just go just about uh, Brighton. Yeah, that's it. And uh, just to, to start off now, we're we're going to go on to to other sports and other news. But there's a the FA the FA have uh, released a statement on Arsenal uh, Football Club. Just read this out to you, Brian, just to see what we we'll get. We we'll tease this out a small bit before we go on to the other matters. The FA I have the FA sorry the FA have uh, have today released uh, the following: an independent regular regulatory commission has found the charge against Mikel Arteta for an alleged breach 
of FA rules E3.1 uh, to be not proven. The um, the manager was uh, was charged following various comments in the media, uh, in media interviews after uh, Arsenal's after Arsenal's um, Premier League game against Newcastle United on Saturday the fourth of November. It was alleged that he that his comments constituted misconduct in the uh, in that they were insulting towards match officials and are detrimental to the game. Uh, and or brought uh, brought the game into disrepute. The regulatory commission came to its uh, its decision following a hearing. See the the full written uh, reasons. Um, yeah. So uh, fresh fresh from. Oh yeah, that's that's a different thing. Uh, R number eleven. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the problem with with managers. Comments after the game. I always feel, you know, when they when they do an interview after the game, managers are at their heightened. You know, they just get them fresh off the game. You know, they're, you know, they're high. Very emotional. Yeah. Into the running wild. Um. You know, th- comments are thrown out, maybe because they're irate at the moment. Maybe interviews should be done. Maybe. 15, 20 minutes, half an hour after the game, when the dust has settled and everything has calmed down. And that's my personal opinion. You know, because you interview someone straight after a match, you know, they're liable to say anything because the emotions are so high. Especially, it depends then what? on whether the manager has lost or won or whether it was a draw exactly. or a bad, bad referee's bad referee decisions or bad uh, VAR decisions. Uh, and there might be, you know, they the say things. But things, that, uh, you know, on the pitch or on the sideline, they're done in a... In the moment, like you know what I mean, yeah. and then they're but they carry that off the pitch, and then they say, "Oh well, the referee did this," but you know, it's kind of their mean <laughs> managers are being muzzled. They're not allowed to. There's, there's yeah. no democracy or see, diplomacy. They're not allowed to say anything. If you see, if you see after we'd say a Super Sunday match or any match like that, and the interview manager straight after the game, you know, it's nearly a different interview to the one you see in the press conferences mm-hmm. a half an hour or five minutes later. So, you know, managers say stuff and he's the moment, you know, rightly or wrongly, it's it's exactly how they feel. But, you know, they probably overstep the line sometimes, you know, Mikel Arteta, if you see him on the sideline, he's the manager that gives it 110%. Um, but, you know, he's been cleared of any wrongdoing and maybe whether rightly or wrongly, um, you know, he's got away with it. I suppose it depends on what side of the divide you're on too. I suppose if you're a referee, you wouldn't see it that no. way. But um, if you if you're um, you know, if you if you got abuse from if you're a referee and you got abuse from him, you probably wouldn't see it that way. But I suppose like when you're neutral or whatever, um, and when you're not the one that we shouted at, it, it's probably different. But I mean, look at I mean, said this saying they brought the game into a bit into disrepute that's a bit extreme like i mean so just because a manager says something like that it doesn't mean it's bringing the whole game into disrepute <laughs> yeah i know but, but like referees have to be separate being protected as well like because you can't just you know they they're only human as well they do make mistakes yeah. um you know if if a manager makes mistakes nothing happens but if a referee makes a mistake you know he's the worst in the world and you know they are human at the end of the day and they you know they get their fair share of criticism and as we've seen in other sports like you know 
in the rugby World Cup, for example, you know, you have two referees. If the referee Rain Barnes retired and you know the TMO from the final retired because of you know death tests they were getting, so it's you know it's not great to see. And you know, managers should take that into account as well. That's it. And uh, moving on to other stories now, and a plus story, a great story for uh, Roscommon. And uh, the planning permission has been granted for the Dermot Airlie. Uh, Centre of Excellence, uh, which is just outside Roscommon Town. And, of course, this will bring them up to, uh, you know, the standard, all, all the other counties that have them as well. I suppose that that's the way the, the game has gone, if you if you want to do well. But, I, I mean, you know, you could also look at it. Look at, does it, you can have great players. You can have a very good squad of players. And, uh, you know, if you train right, then, you know, the facilities, you have, obviously you need the gym and all that. Um you know, and then like you could have great facilities, and then, uh, maybe ha- have kind of fairly good players. But I mean, I think the core of it is maybe having the having the right squad together and taking it from there. But I suppose you know, have having uh, having the the right facilities do, does help as well because it's a central, it's a central location for all the county teams in in a county like the hurling and the football at under at minor under twenty one. And senior level, so I suppose there's there's kind of that where you don't have to be going around the county. But look, I suppose it, there there has been that. That's the way all counties have been doing it. Um, you know, it could be in one pitch one time and another pitch another time, and that's the way it's done. And it's, it, there was still uh, teams doing well, but uh, you know, it, it it's it's a huge step forward for Scotland GA. Yeah, exactly, and, and you know, I think we've touched on this in previous shows that like Dublin. Dublin have set the bar so high now that, you know, if you want to get up to Dublin's level and Kerry's level, that you have to put in the facilities. And, you know, this is a great way to start for um for Roscommon. And it's not just a facility for this year or next year. You know, it's going to be for generations to come. And, um you know, if you want to act like a, a top-tier team, you have to start um doing stuff like this to get up to the top tier. Um And, yeah, just... You don't have to be judged on teams, you know, now are judged on how many all Ireland you win. But, you know, if you start producing players at underage level and then making the way into senior level, it can only bode well for a Scotland football. That's it. And we'd like to wish them all. Yeah. And of course, that's said uh, to be a couple of years uh, before we see that in fruition. But it's a, it's, it's a, it's a step in the right direction anyway. And uh, just to let everyone know, and we'd like to wish, uh, all the best to the Athlete Camogie team. Uh, they advanced to the All Ireland Junior Club semi final, uh, club final, I should say, versus Greenmore, uh, from Armagh, and that's in Kinnegad. Uh, this weekend, we'd like to wish them all the best. Uh, that's the Junior Club semi final or uh, final. So well done to them. And uh, the launch of Dan Dooner. He has a new book out called Game of uh, Game Game of My Life. And uh, that's uh, where where he has got all the the top players from over the year from down through the years. Tony McManus, um, Francie Graham, Frankie Dolan, um, you know all the all these players, and and ask them to describe their uh, their their best game. I suppose as a player or a game that they've watched. So uh, that was launched last Friday, and a very successful uh, uh, launch night it was in the the railway bar. So well done, uh, a man I know very well. I actually produced. I actually uh, presented the show. I show sports show years ago, uh, with Dan Dooner, and then he had uh, he had time in. He was in. Um, he was in. Uh, Worst common people as well, and now he's uh, with Shannon Side. But uh, you know he he's doing well, and he's writing some great books. 
so fair play to him. And uh, then moving on to another news for in Roscommon, Decky Walsh is the new Roscommon LGFA chairperson. Uh, he was elected there at the age recent AGM, and uh, so well done to him. And we'd like to wish him all the best. And uh, Harry Pierce's um win the the win the prestigious Joe McDonough. Foundation Award, so we'd like to wish them, uh, we'd like to congratulate them on winning that prestigious award. And uh, we'd be talking about, um, obviously, you know, we, we'd be talking this about this nearer near the time, but Bridges, uh, Bridges will be playing Cork Champions Crosshaven in their semi final. And of course, uh, that that leaves um, the other semi final will, will be called Chemical Croaks. We'll be taking on uh, the Ulster Champions, the Glen. Uh, myself and Brian will be talking about that. Closer to the time, and uh, in local soccer, Ballinagara Manor take on uh, t- took on uh, Ballinagara B. Uh, we won five one there on uh, Friday in our our last Sunday in our last North League game, our second last North League game, and of course this, tonight we are playing um we are playing at home away to uh, Glen Celtic. So Glen Celtic, um the the this is an important game for them because if they if they win it um. They'll fit, they need to to win to finish fourth uh, to to go into a playoff with the other fourth place uh, team in the other group um to and if they if they if they win that playoff then they go into the division one so it's a, it's an important game for them uh, last Sunday um I was just beyond duty with the Roscommon and District Football League in the Oscar Trainer Cup uh, we had our final we were supposed to have our final um game Oscar Trainer game against uh, Mayo in Castle Bar um. But due to weather conditions, uh, there was a, an orange wed, uh, an orange uh, warning, weather warning for for Mayo. They were on the on that list, and the game was postponed. All the Oscar Trainer Cup games across the country were pulled by the FAI. And uh, Anthony Barry, this is a uh, one for you, um, this is one for you, uh, Brian. Uh, Anthony Barry has been installed as a, one of the favourites for the Republic of Ireland job. Yeah, I seen that uh, there this evening. Um, you know, he's currently with I think Bayern Munich. He's Thomas Sukel's number two, and I think he's also assistant manager with uh, Roberto Martinez in Belgium. He was Stephen Kenny's number two, um, for, for a time as well, and you know he was he jumped ship there as well. So should he be given another chance? And is he going to play the same style of football as Stephen Kenny? And you know we we'll go back to that. The same old story again is: Do we have the players to play that style of football? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure we do. Um, it didn't work under Stephen Kenny anyway. So no, exactly. You know, but do we want to undo? I don't think we want to undo all the work that Stephen Kenny did because I think that's the style of football fans like to see played. I know it's a results based business, um, but you don't want to see a new manager coming in to undo all that. Fair enough a new manager coming in, playing long ball, but you don't want a manager coming in like, let's say, you know, for example, a Sam Aldis type of player. You don't want to see that long ball football all the time because that's just going to, because there is, you know, we haven't got players playing at the top level, but we do have some technically good players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Andy, Andy Moore, for example, playing with Blackburn, you know, if Sam Aldis player comes in, you know, he's that type of player is any good for that type of football you know we need a ball playing number 10 who's going to um, get the ball into Evan Ferguson so Anthony Barry personally I don't think should get the job um, yeah. you know he wasn't long leaving the last time 
Um, so I wouldn't like to see him brought back again. Who I'd see like to get the job, you know, there's so many names out there. I see one of the latest is uh, Tony Mowbray, you know, who was very harshly sacked by Sunderland. Um, wouldn't be a bad manager. Um, but yeah, it's it's a big, big, uh, it's a big, big job. But it's also a big, um, big decision for the the powers that be to pick the manager. It's a very okay. important, you know, it's a very important um, choice, and it has to be the right choice. That's it, because I mean we were going through managers like uh, like they're running out of fashion. But uh, I suppose next up uh, we can talk about just briefly about the uh, the English teams in Europe, both in the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Yeah, um, Man United. Uh, yeah, their campaign was uh, finally brought to a halt. An abysmal campaign, you know. When you see the group, when the group was made, you know, Man United. Man United fans were um, delighted with the group they got, but uh, yeah, it turned into an absolute horror show. And you know, Bayern Munich only bet them one nil, but um, you know, I think it was more like a pre-season friendly the way the, the way it was played out. Bayern Munich could have went into third or fourth gear at any stage they wanted, and um, you know, it just goes to show where United are at the moment, and you know, uh, well out of their depth in that in that group. That's it. And uh, moving on to uh, just for some resco- some more news from Roscommon, Brian Stack and Jermot uh, Murta have been uh, have have been chosen as the respective ca- as the captains for the for the Roscommon County team for the coming season. And uh, JP McManus gives Roscommon uh, GA one million towards the the Dermot Early uh, Centre, and he's he's actually given it to other other counties as well. Uh, it's good to see him. He's he's given back to the GA. Obviously, we've seen the amount of money he has pumped into uh, into the the Limerick Ireland team as well, and that's uh, that that has done the the trick with them as well. But it's kind of not all about the money either. It's it's about the yeah you have to. I mean, it's all very well having all having all the money, but you have to have the talent as well. Yeah, you have to have talent, but at the end of the day, you know, money breeds that talent. You know, if you have the right facilities. And you have the right coaches in place, and you have the right training facilities, the right equipment. You know it can only make you better. Um, you know Limerick obviously have fantastic hurlers, but you know with the with the right coach and anthem as possible. Um, and you know he has to be applauded for this. He didn't have to do this. You know there's there's lots of millionaires in Ireland, lots of billionaires in Ireland, um, that haven't put money forward. And um, you know it's great to see, and you just hope that. The money is goes to the right places, you know. Money's given to county boards. Um, you know, you just want to see it going to the right places, and you know, it's great to see that it's going to be divided up into the the ladies' teams as well. You know, because you know, the last few years we've all been hearing stories about ladies, you know, not having the right facilities, you know, not getting the right changing facilities, not having the right gear, lacking sponsorship. So, you know, it's great to see that they're going to be looked after just as well as the men's teams. That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much, Brian, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you later on. And uh, next up, we have um, next up we have rugby view with myself and uh, Adrian Neddy, and that's coming up after this. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's rugby view with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and of course, as all as always, every week we have uh, Adrian Neddy from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello, Adrian. How are you? Are you well? How are you, Aidan? All good, yeah. Absolutely. Great, Great to have you uh, back. Glad, and, 
looking forward to Christmas and all that. Absolutely, yeah. A few few Christmas functions already had and a couple more to go, so it'll be and all the family coming home for Christmas. Had to be good now, you know. That's what yeah. that's what it's all about, and of course the kids and all that. So uh, I'd like to thank I'd like to take this opportunity to wish yourself and your family and everyone at Craig's uh, a Merry Christmas and a prosperous new year, and to all the listeners as well that has uh, uh, listened to the to Friday Sport and then the GA View um, all year. We hope you you enjoyed the shows, and we'd like to wish you and your families and friends all the all the best uh, for Christmas and the new year, and of course. We we also remember, I suppose, the people people that are homeless at this time as well, and I suppose the people that have no family as well. So we we'll uh, keep them in, in mind. So uh, yeah, so I suppose um, yeah, it's coming very near Christmas now, but uh, the activity is still buzzing in Craig's Rugby Club. Yeah, that's going on um, all the time, and uh, it's um, it's uh, absolutely fantastic that there's nearly a. Um, a full week's program out there nearly every week now at the moment uh, with with finals and so on. So, um, the mini uh, had training last week, last uh, Saturday. Uh, conditions were were weren't great; they were even worse again on Sunday. But uh, but they went ahead and had a good training session, and they're all set in for the the visit of uh, Buccaneers and Dunmore for a blitz uh, this Saturday. So it's. Uh, it's uh, it's all go with them, and this will be the final blitz now um, before Christmas. So uh, they'll 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 enjoy it, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure there'll be all kind of uh, Santa things and Christmas things out there for them as well, and um, they'll they'll make they'll make a good um, uh, morning of it uh, on Saturday. And I, I'm sure after the uh, the mini rugby training, I'd say they all everyone went into. Uh, into Roscommon Town there was a great, uh, a great uh, Roscommon uh, Christmas festival on on Saturday. I know it was a bit, kind of a bit breezy on on Saturday, but it was still it was nice to see the kids and their 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 parents and families out out enjoying it because there, there was a lot of good stall, lovely stalls, and of course the Lockdown Park was uh, was full as well, and they did it all up, and it, it was very nice to see to see people out and about but uh, Sunday was a different uh, a different kettle of fish it finished early but uh, um, you know it attracted a lot of kids and families to to uh, Roscommon and uh, it was great to see it wasn't it? It was but it was unfortunate that with all the effort that was put into it and it was, it was a good attraction and a lot of people were talking about, uh, about it but it was just unfortunate that it just t- turned so miserable over the over the weekend for for the organisers and for the people that put in all the effort uh, for it. But you know it was great, and I wouldn't. I'd hope that uh, that it would uh, go go ahead again because you you need that bit of buzz uh, around the town. And you know thanks to all the shorts and to the Gardaí and all for the way that they uh, that they ran it uh, as well and the way they had cordoned off the. The, the square in 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 Roscommon for the day. That's it, and uh, I suppose back on trophy matters. It was great to. Uh, I'm sure the kids now are, you know, the 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 they love the they love the uh, the mini rugby now. And there uh, is there another week before Christmas? Is there another session before Christmas, or is that the last just, one? Uh, just, yeah, yeah, just uh, just this Saturday with the with the blitz with Buccaneers and Dunmore and. Um, they they can enjoy their Christmas then and be ready be ready again in January. So. Um, that's the 
you know, it's uh, it's great and great uh, for all the coaches and parents. Um, they they all had a great year and uh, in uh, this year, and let's hope that they'll finish out the season um, come come January again, and it'll be all up and running. And you know, they will have a lot of various blitzes in 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 different areas, and Craig's will be hosting some of them blitzes as well. So. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to come come the new year. That's it, and I suppose <clears throat> on behalf of everyone here in Ross FM, of course, we'd like to say well done to all the all the volunteers and all the coaches and yourself for for being around the club and every, everyone involved in the club that did their bit throughout the year. Well done, and uh, without without these people, it, it wouldn't be possible for for these uh, for the the mini rugby players and underage players and indeed the first and seconds. Our development team, so uh, you know it's because of, it's because of all the volunteers and that, that's, and of course the sponsors and and that, um, and fundraisings and all that 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 makes uh, the club possible and make uh, make it possible to field teams. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely, Ed, and it's um, it's uh, good to have that sort of support and even the. Uh, People that met me yesterday um, in Craig's just said to me, you know, you must have a great committee to have such a setup uh, in Craig's, and it's nice to be able to say to to outsiders that we are, we're fortunate in having such good a good such a good hard working and uh, committee with a lot of foresight in 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 doing the development that they that they did in Craig's, and you know the, that. Uh, the final touches uh, to the new places they they put in the floors at the minute they're finish off and finishing off some of the tiling, so again it will be a case of making sure that all the electrical and plumbing work will have to be done for all the various showers and that will probably take a bit of time but at least at least um, uh, it's it's looking more uh, advanced now when you walk through it than it was, say, a couple of months ago. And, of course, uh, off the field as well, there's the very successful uh, weekly lotto as well, and that's that's been ongoing as well, and uh, it's going very well at the moment. It is, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a draw worth winning now, and uh, anybody that's out there that's not in it, uh, the, the, it's a good opportunity to join up, and you, you, you might win the jackpot, so... You know, when you're looking at nearly twelve thousand of a of a jackpot, it's to be it will be a nice one coming into Christmas now to to get. So, I I I'd encourage uh, people to join up on the Craig's Lotto uh, within the next week or two to get uh, to get in there in time for the major Christmas draw. And of course, that would make a, a lovely Christmas present for someone the chance to to win money coming up to Christmas. It could make a big difference, and uh, especially with the cost of a lot of things nowadays, uh, the few quid from from the lot would, would uh, make a lot of would make a big difference. Well, to be very welcome indeed, uh, Aidan. Uh, <laughs> indeed, getting back to rugby, I suppose that the the one thing that we had done and uh, the you know the amount of youth teams uh, that involved in Craig's now when thinking nearly that they're putting out teams at all age levels and and uh, see um, the amount not alone um, on um, with the with the boys teams but with with youth teams as well so um, like like boys boys last weekend. Uh, 
they had under seventeens and under sixteens. They they lost out to under seventeens lost out to Corinthians or under sixteens lost out to Ballina um, away. And our fourteens, our under fourteens, had a win against uh, Ballina. Well, our girls uh, did very well. Our under sixteens and our under eighteen girls, uh, both teams won against uh, the opposition in both both occasions. Where Chum Mukhtarard uh, and Amalgamation, the Chum and Mukhtarard. So, it's a it, it's it's a bright future there for for uh, girls rugby and women's rugby within Craig's when you have two you know two teams. Um, probably coming up against the strongest uh, side at the moment in 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 Connacht. That's it, and of course, uh, you know it's it, it's essential for uh, you know it's great to see the ongoing development and, and growth in in the women's game as well, isn't it? And it is, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, fantastic, and uh, they and they are, they seem to be enjoying it immensely. Like uh, as I say, they. Um, they're playing it now in the schools level, and and uh, and you know they're turning out in big numbers for for training at the various training sessions during the week as well. So and like again uh, this this weekend, like coming up to Christmas, um, they have their under 18s have taken on a friendly at home against uh, Mullingar uh, uh, this evening, and our under 16s. Um, uh, Take on Ballina uh, away, and our under 14s are at home uh, on Sunday to Gartamana Bay. So, again, that's you know a good bit of rugby um, at this stage of the year for for the, for girls rugby, and it it shows the amount of commitment that they're prepared to make. Um, even to travel for the under 16 girls having to travel down to play a game against Ballina on Saturday morning. That's it. And we'd like to wish all the, the underage section as well a very Merry Christmas and a prosperous New Year. And of course, uh, to the mini rugby uh, players as well, all the all the kids and all the coaches, uh, happy new happy Christmas and prosperous New Year. And uh, I suppose that brings us on to, uh, I suppose, the first and seconds. But um, we'll touch on the first because uh, we, we did cover that last week, uh, saying uh, you know, they were playing Tum last weekend. And we thought that, you know, we were saying that they, they'd have to be at the peak of their their focus and, and ability against this Tum team, but I, I was look I was looking at it in the in the local papers there and uh, quite a convincing win over Tum. Yeah, we had uh, yeah we got out of the got out of the blocks early. I think we learned our lesson uh, from the the game against uh, Calamara and a previous game against Tum uh, that the. They were they were ready uh, for them this time and they, they started exceptionally well um, and you know I have to say that they they played well overall and they took their scores exceptionally well and they went out uh, and won handy enough as you say and they end up at thirty three nil but uh, again um, it 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 just showed by by. Uh, uh, taking take the Tum team on, um, they had a lot of, as as I said last week, that they had a heavier pack than 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 ours, and uh, it was a case of getting them moving them around on the on 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 the pitch and Craig's and uh, our backs uh, had the beating of them, and that was that was the difference in the teams that we we got scores. Unfortunately, we had two serious enough injuries uh, from the game, and I'd like to wish the the injured players well. Um, but you know, again, they have a rest now until um, 
they they're out in the junior cup um, on the on the 14th of um, on the 14th of January so they have a good they have a good rest over the over the christmas period now needless to say that the coach and the management and coaching team will have them have them out training uh, over over the christmas to and have them ready for 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 the cup campaign cup campaign as well so the cup the cup campaign will be running in conjunction uh, with with the league, they'll be running off a couple of cup games now in the in the junior cup, and then it's back into league. There's a couple of a crucial games for us left yet. We um, we have two Mio teams uh, to play in the league. and uh, hoping that we uh, get the second place in the in the league. Uh, I, I'd say that we can take it to Connemara. Uh, we'll head up that particular league at the moment, and that we will be. Uh, looking for second place, and the two teams that we have to play still in in the league is uh, Castlebar and Westport, and we have both teams at home. That's it, and uh, you you know it's uh, it's going to be very. It, it is essential, I suppose. It's nice for them to enjoy Christmas, but they also they also know realize that they have a, a game to prepare for as well. Uh, kind kind of after it, but uh, it's about still. Even though with all that, they still have, they're, they're still. Uh, getting out on the pitch and training, and I suppose that brings us also on to uh, the second team. Yeah, the second, unfortunately, with the weather conditions and with the tornado below in Leitrim Village, uh, Carrigan Shannon Club is very close to Leitrim Village, so uh, there was an inspection of the of the pitch in Carrigan on Saturday morning or on on Sunday morning, and uh, they ha- they had no other option but to call the game off. Uh, not alone, not alone uh, for the pitch being not playable, but also on the safety ground with the type of warnings um, that was out. Now, little did we, little did we think that the the damage that uh, that the tornado caused in Leitrim Village that um, that that was coming at, at at the time that the game was called off. So, uh, lucky enough that uh, nobody was killed and everybody from that point of view, the last structural damage to to hold houses and. And sheds and and boats and so on, but no no everybody came came away safe miraculously fra, from it. So again, that carry game now will have to be refixed. We we actually have the there there's home and away in in the seconds league. We actually have now to play them three times. We have to play them twice in the league, and the other night we uh, drew them in the cup as well. So we we will be. Uh, yeah, uh, no, we don't want another well enough before the season is over. So this week, this week, this weekend, uh, uh, we play uh, Chum Seconds uh, at at home in in Craig's, and again, Chum Seconds is going well. They they were in a, in a final as well um, against Monavay, and Monavay uh, defeated them in 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 the particular final, but. They're a, they're a good team, the Chum Seconds. So, uh, again, we will have our first team subs and, and all available on on Sunday. It's on Sunday in, in Craig. So, anybody uh, that's about on, on Sunday, uh, 2.30 in Craig's, uh, come along and, and support the team. Um, it should be It should be a very good game. That's it. And we'd like to wish both teams all the best. And uh, of course, that brings us on now nicely to the Energy AIL League and uh, all the teams from the West that are involved in that. And uh, I suppose the usual, uh, 
the usual teams, Buccaneers and uh, you know Sligo and uh, and Carrick and Shannon and uh, teams like that. So and Corinthians and that. So uh, what's the story with all those teams? Yeah, just before you go on to that, I, I just want to, to mention that we had uh, three exciting finals in in uh, at schools level in Craig's on Wednesday, and uh, it was great, uh, a great turnout, massive turnout from from particularly from the two schools in uh, uh, in Sligo Grammar and and the Maris College in in Atlone. They, they 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 played in both the in both schools schools league finals and uh, in both the uh, the the junior A and senior A, and there were two great games, uh, two fantastic games, and in fact, uh, in fact, uh, it was on a knife edge both games to the very end, and uh, it and both games ended up in a draw, so uh, you couldn't uh, call it as I said it was. Um, it was uh, Sligo Grammar looked to have um, won the um, the senior senior game, but then um, Marist um, Marist College came back very strong in the last five minutes. They scored they scored a great try and converted it from the from the touchline, and then they they attacked from the kickoff again. And Sligo Grammar were very fortunate to be able to hold them out, and it was the opposite in the. In the junior A final, uh, but it's just great, and it's great for school rugby. And the one other nice thing about it was that on the on, within the two teams uh, from Carrick and Shannon Rugby Club, that's playing uh, youth rugby with Carrick and have come through the mini rugby uh, scene, that they had um, eleven players involved in the panel on on both uh, the, on, 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 within the Sligo Grammar team. So you know, again. They, 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 you know, it's great to have players like that coming through and, and able to take their place in in the uh, schools team in, in Sligo. And the curtain raiser uh, was the women's game uh, with the convent uh, in Roscommon and Kudashtamir in in Ballygar. So that that was uh, a great game as well. So you know that that was great to have three schools games on, on in in Craig's and and played played in good conditions now that was a, a, a extremely mild a good day for for rugby and of course uh, you know and as we always say and, and people w- would know this as well um how vital um schools rugby is to the development of these players um as they go through their career it's it's um, essential for their development isn't it as as players and uh, yeah, it's just another strand for them, and uh, you know, as well as obviously they're playing for their uh, for their clubs. Some of them are playing also for their provinces. And uh, I was watching uh, on Facebook, I think a video. Um, one of the lads was interviewed there. For, you were saying um, in one of the one of the one of the Maris players actually was interviewed after the game, and uh, he was on the Ireland international. He was on the Irish team as well, the Irish underage team. So that's uh, that just goes to show you how the importance that. Uh, that that schools rugby plays in the development of these players. Oh yeah, you know, like if you look at uh, Robbie Hinshaw, that that's how Robbie Hinshaw came came in from the the Maris uh, school in 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 into professional rugby and got a development contract and worked worked his way up and you know I'm sure a lot of, a lot of young lads um, around at loan are looking up to uh, the various uh, players. 
uh, from from Atlone, Banlaslow, uh, that whole area that have um, that's going to schools in in uh, in both um, Atlone and in um, um, Garbley in in Banlaslow as well. So it's it's good it's good there that there that there's players coming through and there's players making into the into the kind of uh, the, the uh, academy and working their way up into into the kind of team. So that's the that's where it's at. And you can see probably with Leinster that the schools uh, nearly create the uh, academy for the for 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 Leinster. So that that that's at a different level altogether. But it's where 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 uh, you know our schools. Um, they are improving all the time as well, and particularly a combination of of work that's going on both uh, between the club and the school, like what we're doing uh, in Craig's with the work of, of coaches going into the CBS and other schools, and and tra- and and then them playing both with the with the school and playing with the club as well. So they're getting they're getting a double sort of. Uh, games with 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 playing with both, and that's a big big help in their development. And of course, as well, the other side of it as well is with the um, I suppose with the with the convent of mercy. Um, you know, it's good to see that dynamic between uh, obviously Craig's Rugby Club and the um, and uh, the other and uh, the convent of mercy as well. That's that's essential for them, and uh, it, it's playing a huge part in the growth of rugby in the women's game. Oh, it is indeed. Yeah, it's, that's it. That's essential, and it's uh, great to have it going both in in Roscommon and in Ballygar, and both of them will feed into the club, and both of them knows one another because uh, a lot of them are playing uh, um, out in in Craig's as well uh, at underage level, and you know the the friendship that they build up between the different schools as well, and you know they they'll be able to gel that into. Or, you know, in in wearing the Craig's colours, uh, in in playing matches. Yeah, we're mentioning about AIL. I suppose we're coming to the, the end of this, the end of the first part of the season, and you have to look at maybe of the where people are in the leagues and and so on. And I suppose we we see the Buccaneers um, uh, struggled um, uh, in in the AIL so far this season, and we'd be hoping. That the new year that that they will that they will improve. They got a couple of results that has maybe got the the bottom of the league, and uh, they want to probably get a few more results to to be safe in that particular league. And the Sligo is it remains uh, mid mid table. Uh, Corinthians uh, top their particular table, and Galwegians are going reasonably well. Um, they're about mid table as well, and Banana. Uh, got two recent um, results that bring them off the the bottom of the table. So, you know, it's it's um it's a way that uh, that these particular clubs try to survive within the within the AIL and within the the particular divisions. And some of them will be uh, looking for promotion. Uh, Corinthians are are strongly uh, in a good position going into the new year for promotion out of the particular league that they're in at the moment. So um I would hope that Buccaneers and Ballina uh will will um pick up a, a number of a league points to to uh, remain in their particular leagues. So yeah uh, they, so yeah. 
No, just uh, that you know, as I, as I say, the the um, the Buccaneers, for instance, rely very he- heavily on on players out of the Academy Academy, and that's the that's the difficulty that they that they have that when some of the academy players aren't available to them, uh, the Buccaneers teams uh, seem to struggle. So the the week in, the weeks that they have uh, a good flow of players from the academy. They're they're a lot stronger, but it's it's a difficult one to to manage, and I'm I'm not sure if a uh, manager and coach of a team, it's a it's a hard situation where you have players coming, you don't know, and maybe until the Thursday, what players is going to be released by Connacht uh, for your team, and that's the difficulty that Buccaneers have to gel these players in in into into the team. So anyway, it's it's there. We will talk about it further in the new year when the AIL gets up and running again. And uh, um, you know there will be a lot of good tight games um, ahead ahead for them. And like you know when you take it that Sligo uh, were basically two tries down with with very little time left in in the game away to Malahide, and they came back and got two great tries. Uh, uh, to actually win the game by two points, so um, that's how tight some games can be, and it can be a bit of luck and and uh, the way the ball runs for you, and you can come away come away with a victory. Carry Carry Shannon is uh, continued to to um, strive. They 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 have a lot of games, and they will be playing uh, games uh, early in in January because there there was a couple of games. Uh, other games apart from the Craig's game that was called off, so they will be they will be back on the seventh of January for with the a refix against um, uh, Ballina. So you know there's a lot of, a lot a lot of rugby going on there, and uh, hopefully there that uh, that Carrick and Shannon will be able to uh, and pitch and all that to be able to get run off the rest of their fixtures. Fingers crossed, and we'd like to wish all the teams in uh, the AIL all the best. And I suppose this brings us on to uh, to uh, Connacht Rugby as well. And uh, unfortunately, they came, it uh, it didn't get any better for them uh, last weekend in the in the are uh, you in the URC? Well, it was the uh, last weekend and this weekend. It's it and it switched over to the European <laughs> Cup and or the uh, European Cup. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, yeah the first game in the European Cup and and unfortunately uh, against the Touring would be on from from uh, Bordeaux from from France um, they came a cropper big time kind of kind of failed miserably to um, uh, in in a lot of in a lot of respects uh, both in in the forwards and in their backs they um, they. Uh, their lineouts was was a shambles, and their their um, the speed of the French players were something else, and the the uh, the running coming into the ball um, at at speed, and it made it made uh, it difficult to defend, and um, kind of were at sixes and sevens in 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 relation to their defence and. Um, they, they ran in a number of, of uh, soft, what looked uh, for spectators, a, a number of soft tries. And and people were, uh, after the performance against Leinster, and maybe uh, having lost the Leinster game in the, in the last 
play of the game. Maybe it took its toll and, and they put such an effort into the Leinster game that it may have taken a toll on, on, on the players. So they're not having a, going to have an easier one this weekend either. They, they travel over to England to, to play one of the top sides, uh, Saracens, who would have a lot of, uh, of the English uh, squad within their particular team. So uh, it's it's going to be another baptism of a fire for, for a lot of the kind of players. So that, you know, so say... Their 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 journey in the European Cup might be might be uh, very pleasant with the type of teams that they're coming up. That maybe it's a, it's another it's another level up, Aidan, um, from the URC. That's it. But I, I suppose really when when you look at Connacht as well, I know you know we we could say a lot of the you know the Ireland internationals now are back in the squad, but um you you know after the after their the exploits with the Ireland team in the World Cup. It, it it'll probably take those those the Ireland uh, players that are back in the squad. It'll take them a few games to 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 get back into it again because you know it, it is a big ask to kind of to put them back into the team. I suppose even incrementally and expect them to perform to the absolute peak of their game. It does take a few games to get to get back up there again, doesn't it? Oh, it does, and definitely they looked rusty on uh, on um, last Friday night and. Unfortunately, one of our international players, uh, Mark Han- Mark, Mike Hansen, uh, had to go off with an ankle injury. So he's he's out for this weekend. And, and I don't know how serious they, and, and how long that he will be out with the, with the particular in, injury. But he, um, he, he he was in some discomfort afterwards with the, with his ankle. So uh, we hope for the best that, he, that it's not a long-term injury or that it wasn't re-aggravating the injury that he had towards the end of the World Cup. That's it. We'd like to we'd like to wish him all the best. And uh, you know, of course, uh, we'd like we'd like to wish uh Connacht Rugby all the best now in, in, in their game this weekend as well. And uh, I suppose you, you know it's kind of you know they've lost the last maybe couple of games I know in, in, in the two competitions. Uh but sometimes <laughs> when you're in that kind of a rut, sometimes it can be hard to get out of that rut, but uh, it can be easily healed when you just get that, all you need is that just one win just to, to kind of get the morale back up and uh, hopefully they, they can get back onto their peak again because they have been, uh, I suppose overall, when, when you look at the first half of the season, they have been doing well in, in some of the games. I, you know, the, the one that I would probably look back on uh, where I could say they were unlucky was the game against, uh, was it Edinburgh or Glasgow? I think it was Glasgow, wasn't it? Um, where, they, where they lost yeah, points, you know? I suppose yeah, I suppose the most unluckiest game was the one against Leinster, and that's the one yeah. that they would feel. That's another they, one. Yeah. That's the one that the hardest done by, like to have lost out against Leinster, you know. So that's it. Well, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to do uh, rugby view with us, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, and that was myself and uh, Adrian Letty uh, talking about all things rugby. Hello everyone, how are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's um this week's um Castery Cavaliers basketball uh podcast with myself, Aidan Rafferty. And of course, as always, we have the bas- we have the coach and player Thomas Thomas Callan. Hello Thomas, how are you? Are you well? I'm doing well, Aidan. Thanks for having me back. Um looking forward to catching you up on all the basketball news. That's it, and uh, of course, there's plenty to be talking about. And of course, you got the you find out found out who you're playing in the in the Gaelic football as well with Cassery St. Kevin's as well. So, 
<clears throat> it's it's kind of striking that balance now between now and, and the 6th of January as to, you know, having rest, but then also kind of getting preparations in as well, getting the training and trying to avoid, uh, trying to avoid injury. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I think now we've managed to move a lot of our, well, all of the basketball fixture we had in the middle of Christmas. I think we managed to got to get it moved back into February. So we got to, we have the all clear now. We don't need to be uh, worried too much about, um, you know, playing a basketball match in the middle of our preparations for the football. So that's just, uh, and that's credit to the basketball lads um, for being patient and being willing to kind of move around the season uh, for the sake of the football lads that are involved. So, um, yeah, and like I said, striking a balance, I suppose, you know, it doesn't come around too often, you know, that expression's been said a lot the last few weeks. So um, I don't think boys will have a problem sacrificing uh, a few of the um, more the a bit of the social side of Christmas uh, just for this year, um, you know, considering the circumstances. That's it. And who knows, like you, you're, you're uh, possibly 70 minutes away from, uh, from a period, like it's Port Leash on the 6th of February or on the 6th of January. Uh, so after that, like it's 70 minutes away from a possible appearance in Crow Park, which would be, which would be huge, but you're, you're not looking that, that far ahead yet. It's just about preparing and, uh, Kind of you know doing your homework on uh on the the opposition in in the in the next match and that and focus on that and see how see how it goes and then well if you're over that if you win that then look ahead to it or if you lose then you can you know it's it's the normal I suppose it's, it's the start of a new season again but uh, yeah it's it certainly is exciting times in, in Cassery both on the I suppose on the on the basketball side and the Gaelic side Gaelic football side yeah definitely look at them. It's uh there's great buzz around the town for football and you know, by extension other sports as well. Um, you know it's uh great to be playing this time of year and you know and it kind of you know kind of gives people hope or gives people something to get behind. Um, you know uh we were kind of at a talk there saying how um you know Christmas obviously can be a very difficult time for people. So and you know it kind of encourages you to think that maybe the football going well is kind of something that those people will um, get a bit of joy out of. So, um, yeah, it's very, uh, we're very lucky to be still on the road. And, um, you know, like that's the basketball as well. We've had some good crowds down lately to a few games. So, um, no, it's just good for the people around the town. And uh, long may it last. That's it. And I suppose we, we'll start off with the uh, with, with the underage, the under the under 18 boys, and then, then we move on to the girls and then obviously the, the seniors. So I suppose what's been going on with the with the under 18 boys and I suppose the, the colleges as well? Uh, yeah, well, with colleges, it's all kind of quiet at the moment. The seasons are kind of wrapped up. The first and second year seasons will be starting in January. So um, the club, the boys team now, the under 18s are going well. They've won their first two games. Uh, their last game, they went down to Ballinamore and they won easy enough. Um, well, they put up a big score. Uh, but Ballinamore, they were saying, of one or two guys who kind of uh, gave them problems. I think they won 68-45 or something. Um, so, and the form is good, you know. Uh, I think Jamie Dowd and Joseph Botton had 50 points between them. So, around 25 each, I think. So, them lads are coming on. They're going to a new level now in terms of their basketball ability um them two and a few more kevin hester point guard uh keen mclaughlin joe dare and a few more we've seen come down and start training with us the men's team and you can see it then in their performances when they go back to the under 18s they're really kind of stepping it up 
in terms of their scoring and their consistency and their decision making. Um, the under 18, they're on tonight actually, uh, Thursday night. Um, they're playing Carrick again at home. Uh, they beat Carrick by eight points a few weeks ago. And there's a nice little rivalry being built up there between the Carrick lads and ourselves in the under 18. They see a lot of each other. So um, we're looking forward to this one now tonight. It should be competitive. Um, you know, I think Carrick fancy themselves a few weeks ago down there. So they'll be looking to take one back tonight. Um, and again, the boys will be looking at Botton and Dowd and Kevin Hester to, uh, you know, kind of carry them. But then you have the likes of James Hawkshaw, Ross Flynn, Dylan Payne, these guys who are all energy um, and experienced enough now at this stage to add to that. Uh, you know, the scorers will take responsibility in offense, but it's the rest of the team that will, you know, make the difference in terms of getting stops and facilitating those guys. So looking forward to tonight and hopefully they can go and get their third win of the season and go three and up. And I suppose from the point of view, like we said at the start of the season, uh, you know, they had been playing under 16 and now it's it's under 18. So um, how do you feel the lads have adapted to that, changing from an under eight, playing under 16 to you know, a few years higher up, uh, you know, so they're, they they become across as a result of that, they become a, they becoming across to a certain extent stronger or maybe more physically built players as well, or taller players, shall we yeah. say. Yeah, you're right. Look at the the under nineteen for the college, you know, they kind of more or less the same group are similar enough. They found it difficult against Balana in our regional semi final, you know, bigger lads, more experienced against the Carrick under-19s as well. Very physical. They just have that year or two of conditioning. You know, a lot of these young athletes now, uh, basketball, football, soccer, they're all in the gym and you can see it. So our lads just, um, they're maybe a year or two behind in terms of that um, toughness and strength and physical power. Uh, but the lads never shy away from it. You know, I think there's a technical ability on our side with a lot of players that kind of, you know, still make us trouble, even though we might be physically smaller. Um, you know, we're still able to get our fair share of baskets and uh, give the other team problems, even if they are that bit ahead. But um, the boys don't fear it, you know, and also the lads are growing. Like sometimes I take a step back and look at some of them and you're like, Jesus, when did you get that tall or that big? So, um, it must you know, be all the cabbage and bacon. Sense, you know, they are bro- <laughs> The cabbage and bacon. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they should be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, that side of it will come. And uh, so we won't rush them in terms of that. But uh, I think tonight um, they definitely have the beat in the Carrick. Um, hopefully they don't get complacent. And um, in spite of maybe giving up a bit of size, uh, they should get the result. And uh, yeah, so we, we'd like to wish them all the, the very best and everyone at, uh, at basketball, at um, Cavaliers, uh, Casserie Cavaliers Basketball Club as well. And to, to yourself and, uh, of course, Casserie St. Kevin's as well. But uh, I suppose that brings us on to... Uh, onto the ladies team now and how have they been getting on and uh, obviously this will be the last weekend I'm presuming before Christmas yeah so we have a game it was refixed we're playing this Monday night against Longford at home Um, so looking forward to that one getting the girls back into the hub Um, you know it's always nice to play a home game down there because there's not many games really in the season Uh, you might play five home games in the space of a few months so uh, looking forward to that one they, we've been down to Sligo since I talked to you last. We lost. Um, it was about 20 points. Uh, I don't think that reflected the game. I think it was in the balance for a long time. I think we were in touch. It was about seven, eight, nine points. Um, 
And then in the fourth quarter, just a few bounces went their way. A few shots didn't fall for us and the lead kind of stretched out just in the last few minutes. Um, you know, there was a lot of disappointment on our side. I think Sligo are a team that we have the beaten of. Um, obviously, they have the beaten of us. I'm not saying we should be beating them every time, but I think it was a game we felt like we could win. But, um, you know, just some things didn't click offensively. I don't think we got the right balance of inside and outside. And again, like, shots didn't fall. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, upset with the ball security or, or the build-up play because that worked very well. It was just some outside shots didn't fall, um, you know, and then inside looks, you know, we were left frustrated sometimes as well. Um, you know, but again, like the, you know, I think it's time of year as well, uh, the preparation for the game. I only seen girls in dribs and drabs, you know, so, um, you know, we can be disappointed with what happened on the night, but uh, I don't think we can attribute the loss to what happened on the night when the preparation wasn't there. So I think the goal for us again it's just one week at a time. And, um, you know, this week now we're training tomorrow night, just getting the 10 plus players uh, in the gym. And then we'll take that. We'll take that as our win or loss for this week. You know, so I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't uh, completely devastated at the result in Sligo um, as there was positives as well. You know, Rebecca Kane, I think, had um, she had two or three brilliant finishes at the rim, you know, We've been working on her toughness and bravery going to the basket um, nearly pretty much from the summertime. And she had definitely two or three brilliant finishes in the second half. You know, through bodies, at speed, didn't slow down, didn't shy away from the contact. And was able, she has a lovely touch at the rim. Even when she's moving as fast as she can, she can use the finger roll to finish lovely. So um, she got, she, it's brilliant for me as a coach when you see those things we worked on so hard and for so long being applied in the game. So I was um, definitely very happy with Rebecca um, at the point guard. Um, Maria McCarthy inside as well. Um, even though she feels like she didn't have a good game, she did a lot of things uh, well. I think being more aggressive, um, I told her, you know, try and do a move straight away. You know, when you get the ball in there, go to work straight away. Sometimes she likes to catch it and have a look and wait around. But I was like, you know, you might as well because she's... Um, She's got the size, she's got the technical ability and finishing ability um, to like, she has the right to go and try and score straight away when she catches that ball. So just the speed of her attack is something we've been working on and we definitely saw some results against Sligo, even when the results didn't go our way. Um, uh, you know, Maya Grogan is new to us this year and Kelly Coleman. Uh, we had eight going down, so they were two out of the three subs and they got big minutes more than maybe uh, they expected or would have been used to. Um, so they'll definitely have learned a lot. Um, you know, they were kind of thrown in the deep end with the minutes they got, but, you know, the numbers, with the numbers we had, that's what uh, we needed. And, you know, they were very good. And both of them I've talked to since about things they can work on, things they can be get better on. So, you know, it would be of benefit to them to have get got all those minutes in a tough game. Um, and then Kerry Harkin, I think I say this after every game with Kerry, um, you know, we always, there's always at least one defensive adjustment we have to make. And Sligo had one very good player who was shooting well. She could shoot the three and she was torching us. Second half then, I don't think she scored because she kept rotating to Kerry's side of the defense and just a few instructions to Kerry. And, you know, and she takes the instructions so well and applies them straight away. And I don't think that girl scored more than four points in that second half. So, um, 
you know, a big shout out to Kerry for that defensive work and just her field for defense and knowing where the threats are and how to adjust her game within the zone, uh, you know, to really execute those instructions. So again, positives, the result didn't go our way. Again, we're not, I'm not, not really, you know, we want to win games, but our value is just each week, whether it be a game or training to get numbers down and then building from there. So um, the result didn't go our way, but we'll focus on the positives and try and carry them into training tomorrow and the match on Monday. And uh, yeah, so fair, fair play on that. And, uh, you know, best, best of luck on Monday. And I suppose carrying on then as well, he recently hosted um, an exhibition game, uh, which was very exciting to for uh, to host two two very good basketball teams recently in the hub. Yeah, definitely, it was brilliant. We um, Charity Crowley, um, you know, he was uh, I would have crossed paths with him when I was going to NYG. Um, he was um, he was actually in the same engineering class as one of my roommates, uh, so would have seen a good bit of him. And he just texted me on Instagram on the Friday saying, could we play a challenge match down in Castlery? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. We might make an exhibition out of it for the local basketball fans. He was like, yeah, on board. And it was brilliant. Now, it was a bit of a mismatch because uh, it was the Mayo Meteors, um, who we played recently as well. Um, they're in this new Basketball Ireland National Development League. Um, they played them in the end. Turned out to be a bit of a mismatch. Now, Mayo gave them a good run in the first quarter. Uh, stuck with them, but, you know, Mary... Um, they're one of the best teams in the country. They have, you know, um, international players coming in, uh, helping them out. So, um, even though the the score, the gap did stretch out in the second half, it was great to see some high flying dunks, alley oops, great shooting, great offensive execution, and just great pace to the basketball. You know, serious, serious athletes on show, like Owen Rockall at point guard for Mary. He's um, he's uh, we played with him a little bit in college as well. Me and Joseph Henry, um. You know, just a solid point guard and great shooter and a leader, very vocal. You know, I was telling Kevin Hester to watch him, keep your eye on him. If you want to learn anything, this is your chance to learn about being a point guard. Um, and Tom Dumont as well. Uh, he's an American. They have been for this season, just high flying. You know, it was just great to see some of the kids down watching these guys, you know, getting their hands right at the top of the backboard and throwing down at the oops. Um, yeah, so, and then on Mayo, for Mayo, to be fair to them, They've done a great recruitment this year, and Matthew McHale is back for them. And they got Paul Freeman, who actually played for Mary last year in the league. Uh, you know, those guys, they showed out and they definitely proved themselves against the very strong opposition. Uh, and Paul is obviously no stranger to that level of opposition. So, um, you know, it was great to see not only a high standard of basketball and some great international talent, but also, you know, West of Ireland talent as well. You know, Owen Rockfalls from Galway. John Burke, who's cousins with Dylan Jack Kane from Castlery, was playing. Um, you know, and obviously uh, Matthew McHale and uh, Paul Freeman, the old man. So it was great to see West of Ireland talent represented as well. That's great, and of course, uh, finally we we go on to yourselves. I suppose the senior, the 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 men's team as well. How how have you gotten on recently, and uh, have you a match this weekend before Christmas? Uh, no match now till. Uh, 20th of January I think so we managed thank God we managed to get it pushed all back so we're kind of in the free in the in the clear for the football but we played uh, just this week we played against Mayo you know they played Mary in that uh, exhibition match the week before um, and they bet us well um, like I said uh, Mayo Meteor is their ambition now is to go into the National League next year so they're kind of they probably are a bit too strong for the LLR local league that we're in 
but again, we cherished it. You know, it was a great opportunity to get on the floor with, um, you know, national league level players like Paul Freeman and Matthew McHale. I think they bet us by 37 in the end. But like that, it was, we were within seven points in the first quarter. I thought we actually had them spooked a bit, I think, early on, where, you know, they didn't pull away straight away. We were still in touch for pretty much the whole first half. So I think we had them spooked a little bit. But um, I was shooting well in that first half. Our new player, Adam Gavigan, was excellent, um, you know, shooting trees and getting to the rim with his athleticism. So um, I was very happy with our effort. Sean McDermott as well led us on defense. Uh, uh, we have a few defensive adjustments we're working on that I thought worked very well um, in some parts of the game. But again, the talent, and they're operating at a National League level where, you know, the likes of Matthew McHale and Paul Freeman just drag all the other players up to that level. Their execution, the speed that they move the ball, everybody's confident, everybody's plays with conviction for them. So I think they'll cruise to win in our league this year. Um you know, they've hammered basically every team they've played against in our league. But, uh, you know, we were prepared to give it a crack. Um, you know, and it's not the end of the world to lose to a standard opposition like that. And uh, we'll have learned a lot. And it was just great to, you know, share the court with the likes of Paul Freeman and Mikhail and these lads. I think Matty had 40 points to finish. So, um, yeah, a bit of a mismatch for us and another loss. But uh, I think our preparation will be good now for the rest of the season now that it's beyond our football commitment. So, um, and we'll give those, we have most of our games now uh, in that February, March period. So we'll, um, we'll have a bit of time to really prepare and get football lads back and see a few faces around the place and go into that part of the season uh, with kind of renewed confidence and renewed um, motivation. That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to, to do um, Castle Cavaliers basketball podcast with us. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again very soon. And have a have a happy Christmas and uh, and uh, best best of luck in in January as well. And we'll talk. We'll be talking to you again soon. And I suppose before Lovely. we go as well, you want to say a happy Christmas and thanks to the sponsors as well. Of course, yeah. Just quick mention to uh, McGorty's Bar, uh, Whispy's Discount Store, uh, Amigo International out in Ballinla, Mulligan's Menswear, Benny's Deli. Um, Cal Super Value and Bastion Kitchen for our um, some of our outfitting and Harmac Medical and Mike Callahan as well for sponsoring some of our gear. So thanks a million to all our sponsors. As always, we're proud to represent you on the court. And uh, again, have a have a happy Christmas. No problem. Thanks very much, and we look forward to talking to you soon. And uh, that was myself. Cheers, and, Aiden, Thanks uh, a million. No problem. Thanks very much, and that was uh, myself and Michael Callahan talk about all things basketball.